Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Islam is political, it is complete, and it is for all of mankind. Did Islam leave out politics? Did Aoud Bilal Islam leave out anything? It did not. Um, without the political system, what would happen? You would have, um, as we saw in Iraq, as an example, after the, after the Americans uh, invaded Iraq, we found massive uh, crime happening in Iraq. We had we had the uh, criminals came out. Um, there was looting. There was uh, there was rape. There was all sorts of criminality going on. So without a secure political system based on Islam, you cannot have a uh, secure society. Um, so politics is critical part of life. We need that in our lands, and it needs to be implemented by uh, uh, by the Muslims. The Muslims in general need to have a clear understanding that without political Islam, we will continue to live in poverty. We will continue to live in uh, insecurity. Um, and, you know, in some Muslim countries, you look, you'll find, in particular, the French colonies, you'll find uh, underground bunkers. Uh, this, it really came to a shock to me to learn this. Uh, underground bunkers were created by the Muslims for what reason other than to hold their women, hold their young women and older women in those bunkers so that if the French ever came back to colonize their countries physically, they wouldn't be able to get a hold of their women. So this is the fear that the Muslims have of the colonized countries. But the only way to overcome this fear is to come back to the political understanding of Islam and to alter the red lines in the Muslim countries. It is a red line for anything other than the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be implemented. And then we see some of that happening now. There, were, there have been some events that have happened in Muslim countries. I've been monitoring uh, events such as um, the murder, uh, rape and murder, for example, where the Muslims are calling for qasas. They're calling for qasas, but the government is not providing it. They're yeah. providing jail sentences, um, you know, uh, and the like. So we find that, you know, this, this movement towards the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is happening, but we need to quicken that process um, and really, you know, make it very clear in the minds of Muslims that the Khilafah, the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala needs to return really rapidly. We will be accountable to Allah for not doing that. Um, uh, our viewers, uh, brothers and sisters, I think there was a technical hitch uh, so for rejoining and please reshare the new video uh, links that have been uh, provided so people can rejoin inshallah um, uh, Apologies brother Abdullah, but I'm going to go back to the first question that we asked because I think uh, we were offline there So it was from brother Jahid um, Who asked is it for Muslims? Is it safer for them to? Um, migrate, live in a Muslim country, and just to add on to that, wise um, uh, what I put on was the what Muslims who live in Western countries move into another Western country who is a bit more understanding of Islam. Is that a um, is that something that the Muslims 
um, should should look to do. The hukum shara on this issue is that uh, if the Muslims are unable to practice their deen, they should leave and they should perform hijrah. Yes. And this would be the biggest slap in the face of the French if 5 million Muslims emigrated. Um, that may not be a reality. Uh, so, you know, it's generation after generation of Muslims living in France now, um, and they have uh, established their roots there. So really they need to be, uh, they need to uh, take uh, an offensive uh, philosophical position where they reject French uh, interference in the uh, in the Muslims' beliefs and their affairs. Um, uh, the French have no right to say to the Muslims, "Don't believe in this and don't believe in that." They have they have no right to do so, and they should and they should they should they should be protecting the Muslims should be the vanguard of protecting the honor of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And really, it is only the absence of the Khilafah which is why the French have been able to get away with it. There have been many, many reactions from the world as to what's happened. And I'll take you through just one or two of those. So, for example, I've made a note of those. So, so um, demonstrations were held in Pakistan, Bangladesh, Lebanon, um, and other places. The U.S. Envoy on Religious Freedom, so called uh, Sam Brownback, he was also critical, said, he said, when you get heavy-handed, the situation can get worse. Um, some left-wing politicians in France have expressed concern that the legislation could be seen as stigmatizing Muslims. Well, of course it is. Le Monde newspaper said also that uh, it could antagonize other religious groups who practice homes homeschooling, like the Jews, like the, uh, uh, perhaps like the Catholics um, as well in France. Um, so really, uh, there is nowhere to hide. The situation is there in front of us, and we need to introduce a new narrative, the polit Islamic political narrative that says that we need the Khilafah to return. We need uh, the French to uh, respect our deen. Uh, and if they do not, they, then even if they don't hear a response from the Muslims today, they will certainly hear a response from the Khalifa when he returns. Uh, and the Muslims need to shout back home that really Muslims in the Muslim countries, please, please, you know, enough is enough. We need to establish a red line now and establish the Khilafah once more. Jazakallah here for that. Uh, we've got a question from uh, Sister Zainab Rahman, uh, who's asking, how does declaring the banning of political Islam openly go in our favor? Um, uh, yeah, that's the question. Okay, so... Um, the Western nations are very clever in their narratives and in their statements. And you, and until, until this uh, statement was made, the narrative was all about religious extremism. It was about separatism. It was about, um, terrorism. It was about, you know, all of these isms. Um, and suddenly they came out with out of pure arrogance, really, and stupidity of Macron. Uh, that he came out with this uh, political Islam. Um, really, it was came as a bit of a shock to the system um, that how they could be so stupid as to remind the whole world that there is something called political Islam when they've been hiding it for so long. Um, so, you know, the French know very well that political Islam is the problem, but for them to come out and openly say it really without thinking is, uh, is quite something else. 
And that's why in Austria, the legislation got reversed and the terminology was removed. And the same thing in France, you see now, they're, they're all talking about separatism and, you know, the, the, the language has changed. So, yes, it reminds all Muslims that politics is indeed part of Islam. Brother Nashad Naim, he's asking, what part do the rulers in the Muslim lands play in suppressing political Islam? So, yes, indeed. So, um, all the rulers in the Muslim lands, as I mentioned, have inherited the colonial um, control and they are themselves also colonially controlled. So, their role in uh, banning Hizbut Tahrir from uh, most, if not all, Muslim countries um, has been uh, widely documented. And for Muslims living in, uh, in in the Muslim countries, they know full well that Hizbut uh, Tahrir, as a political Islamic political organization, and in fact, I would go to argue perhaps the only Islamic political organization, truly Islamic political organization, um, working to establish the Khilafah. So, in in Pakistan, as an example, Navid Bhatt, as you know, has been imprisoned um, for over eight uh, eight years, ten years. Um, he's, he's, uh, yeah, so he and, and his family doesn't know anything about his whereabouts. So, you know, as an example, but, you know, our brothers in, in Pakistan have been arrested on a regular basis. They've been harassed on a regular basis. Um, same goes in almost every other Muslim country. So politi- political Islam is used and abused even. Not only is it prevented, it is abused. So in Egypt, we saw um, uh, uh, a version of political Islam come to power um, and it was quickly removed just to show to the Muslims that political Islam doesn't work because they brought in a version of political Islam which was controlled by the uh, American Americans through the elite of the Egyptian army. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they managed to show the Muslims that Political Islam is actually terrorism or X, Y, and Z, and they and then they quickly removed it. So they did that to just to get rid of this um, uh, anti-regime talk that the, that the people were doing, and the, and led to the removal of Mubarak, for example, from power. I mean, just to add on to that, also, um, you know, you've got the advent of this fake Khilafah in, in ISIS showing the world, showing the Muslims that you want to, you know, if you're calling for Khilafah, you want to live in a Khilafah, this is your Khilafah. So, you know, it's a very, um, yeah, really, yeah, creating a very distorted version of the Khilafah in the minds uh, of, of the world's population. Um, we've got uh, brother Umar Rashid, who's, um, I think it's a comment, uh, majority of the Ummah sadly have not seen or are not aware of political Islam. Um, they have only seen secular politics. Indeed, that is very true. So for, um, for what, two generations now, Muslims have not seen politi- uh, politics, um, uh, political Islam implemented. So this is very true. But it's not difficult to see that in our 1,000, over 1,300 years of history, uh, where the Khilafah was implemented, that this is actually part of Islam. It's not. Uh, it's it's very very simple. If we only have the um, uh, wherewithal to discuss with our brothers and sisters and tell them 
Look, the Quran came for all of mankind, not for one or two people. It did not come for just Salah, it came for everything. And look, how did we become Muslims today? It was jihad taken by, by the armies of the Khilafah from the time of Muhammad Sallallahu until today. That's why we have Chinese Muslims, we have brown Pakistani Indian Muslims and Sri Lankan Muslims and Indonesian Muslims and Malaysian Muslims. We have Muslims from all colors. Why? How did that happen? It wasn't because we were all doing Salah. It was because the armies of Jihad came and they removed the kings who were ruling over us and they implemented Islam over us with honor and dignity. And we saw that and we and, and our forefathers, they embraced Islam because of that. So yes, it's not difficult at all for any Muslim to spread that information to, uh, to remind us of our history. And that history should show very clearly that yes, indeed, Islam has a political system. It has a way of spreading itself uh, as a, a, to make worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that all the world is living under the shade of Islam. I mean, Jazakallah here for that. Uh, Brother Majid Razak is asking a question. Um, do you think we should also refrain from using the term political Islam? Maybe in the minds of some people it creates an incorrect view that there is a different version of Islam. Surely Islam is just Islam. Can you comment on this? Because I also understand the need to remain Muslims, that Islam is both spiritual and political. Okay, so um, secularism, uh, as it's called in France, um, basically was a, as a result of a conflict between the church and uh, the capitalists, uh, the ones who are very wealthy. And they removed the church from power and they established their own uh, system of life, uh, which mean, which where God had no um, play, part to play in the ruling, the, in the politics. So they removed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they removed God from the whole notion of politics. And from now on, man will make their laws, not God. And in doing so, they, uh, they effectively uh, removed the um, uh, spiritual aspect from uh, from from the politics, and they established themselves as only a political uh, belief. Uh, so there was no longer a spiritual belief. Uh, the same thing was in with the communists. The communists, um, when when they were ruling in Russia predominantly, um, they uh, they had only a political aqidah, where they said leave religion to the masses, and we really don't care. We don't believe in religion anyway. So just political, uh, political aqidah. Islam is different. Islam rejects the political uh, aqidah only and rejects um, uh, anything other than the mix between the two. So Islam is a spiritual aqidah and it is also a political aqidah. So Islam, it, it, it recognizes the relationship between man and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it recognizes the relationship between this uh, this life and the next life. Um, so in establishing that relationship, Islam said that we are accountable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this dunya, and therefore we need to we need to live our lives completely by Islam in this life. And as a result, that includes politics, because politics is part of life. So how do we solve uh, the issue of riba? How do we solve the issue of crime? Islam has detailed rules 
about all of these issues. How do we structure our companies? How do we do marketing? How do we, um, every single aspect, there is no aspect which has been left unturned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Quran is a miracle uh, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and one of its aspects is that ijtihad can be done from the Quran on any issue. So what are the sources of Sharia? The Quran this, and what comes from the Quran, the Sunnah and the Ijma' Sahaba uh, and, the, and the Qiyas which is done on uh, on the Dalil. So um, we're permitted. So this, these, these are the sources of Sharia and they can be applied to any situation in any reality, including the politics, how to elect a ruler, how to implement the, the rules, how to, how to remove the ruler. If the, if the Khalifa uh, becomes non-Muslim, the Muslims have to fight him. If the Khalifa starts implementing non-Islam, the Muslims have to fight him until he is removed and the Sharia is re-implemented. Jazakallah for that. Um, we've got um, a few more questions, uh, inshallah. Uh, we've got a question from Brother Hamza and a, uh, and a similar question from uh, Sister Zainal Rahman. So uh, I'll, um, I'll, yeah, I'll say both of them together. Uh, Brother Hamza is asking, some say that if uh, politics was so important, then why don't they teach it in the madrasas and institutions like Al-Azhar? And Sister Zainal Rahman, similar sort of question, what would you say to those who say that there's no such thing as political Islam? Okay, so let me take the Azhar question first, and then if you can repeat that, the second question for me. Um, so in Azhar, yes, I'm, I'm sure politics is taught. Um, after all, the Khilafah is uh, a history which cannot be just erased from uh, the leading Islamic university in the world. Um, so I'm sure it is taught, but I'm sure also that it is taught in a secular context. So I'll give you an example. When, um, uh, when I uh, learned... Uh, Quran from uh, the uh, Azhari um, Egyptian uh, scholars of Quran um, and I discuss uh, for example I had a discussion the other day uh, with one of them uh, saying that uh, um, uh, saying that I, I don't listen to Sudais anymore after the commentary he made about Israel um, so so he said, he said, nodded his head, kind of saying, yes, yes, yes. But I'm not allowed to talk about politics on the phone. And he quickly changed the subject. So, you know, um, it, 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 the Muslims are aware whether it is taught or not. They are aware. Um, and there is a political awareness amongst the Muslims. And really, all we need to do, as I mentioned, is to accelerate the process, push the Muslims, make those red lines such that when the next revolution takes place, it's not a revolution to remove Mubarak or to remove uh, Ben Ali or to remove X, Y, and Z leader. It is a revolution to replace them by the Khilafah. Inshallah. And, and then the second question uh, from Sister Zainab Rahman. What would you say to those who say that there's no such thing as political Islam? I, I would say look, look at the Quran. Uh, the Quran came for all of mankind, did it not? How did it come for all of mankind? It was spread by the, uh, clearly there's no uh, shying away from the fact that it was jihad undertaken by the armies of the, of 
Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the Aws and Khazraj originally, and it continued under the Khulafa after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And that's how we became Muslims today. Um, there is no hiding away, there's no shying away from that fact. And this is, uh, how did they do that? It was, it was a political system which was implemented. And this is why all the political rules in Islam, in the Quran, very clear, there are very clear indications of, uh, very clear delil of rules that pertain to the punishment system in Islam, pertain to economics, pertain to zakah, pertain to inheritance, pertaining to all sorts of things. And if you look at when these surahs were revealed, they were, these political surahs were revealed in Medina, not in Mecca. So it's very clear that they were revealed for the circumstance of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam implementing those rules in, in, in Medina as the political leader of Medina. Um, we'll take our final question uh, before we end the circle and it's from Brother Humayun Wahid. Uh, who's asking, the Ummah has engaged in a gradual change, fighting for scraps for the last hundred years. What advice would you give to them? The Ummah has been in a gradual change, sorry? Uh, the, the Ummah has engaged in a gradual change, fighting for scraps for the last hundred years. What advice would you give to them? Okay, so uh, fighting for scraps, I think... Um, it is true to say that um, there is a reactionary uh, movement uh, or a uh, psychological reaction from Muslims all over the place, and it is in disarray. So you find some Muslims take different actions. Some of them will say, let's become rich. Uh, we'll bring Islam back after we're very wealthy. Some will say, we need to improve our standard of education. And we need to all become doctors. Yeah, and uh, subhanAllah, Egypt is a fantastic example of that, the highest number of PhDs per capita in the world. Mm -hmm. And still, they're in the same situation as everybody else in the Muslim world. So there's been no change in that fact. So fighting for scraps is, is, uh, is, is a notion which Muslims are uh, aware of and used to. Um, and really, the only way to get rid of it is by removing the regime in the Muslim world and by uniting the Muslim countries under one Khalifa. And that's the message that needs to go back to the Muslim world. We need to establish those red lines. And those people who are in power in the Muslim world, those who have the power, like in the armies, for example, and the, then, you know, if we are related to them in any way, we know these people, then really we should be harassing them on a daily basis, telling them, you know, that enough is enough and you are responsible to uh, make a change. Inshallah. Good luck for that, Abdullah. Um, we will, inshallah, end the circle uh, today. Jazakallah um, to everyone for tuning in today's circle. Inshallah, Friday circle continues next week. Sorry, uh, Akhi, one last very important point that came to mind, if, if you don't mind. Of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that is that um, it's not a, just a question of uh, opening your mouth and talking to Muslim, Muslims. Rather, it needs to be an organized effort. And the organized effort is being done by Hizbut Tahrir. And really, if you really want to make a change, don't be a bystander. Um, don't be a lone voice. You know, join an organized effort. Um, Hizmet Tahrir uh, exists for that purpose, was created for that purpose, uh, to organize the effort to reestablish the Khilafah. So we invite you to uh, join Hizmet Tahrir and work with us to, in this sincere 
and uh, Islamic tariqah on the path of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, how he established the state, um, and that's a subject in itself um, to 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 work for that state, to implement it, and to spread the deen of Islam. This is the this is the real dignity and honor that Muslims should have for Islam, and I'm proud to be a member of this ummah who who has Islam. Um, and has the honor and dignity. But so let's return that in the form of the political system of Islam, inshallah. I invite you all to work with uh, with his Tahrir to achieve that, inshallah. Inshallah. Jazakallah for that. Um, Thank you. Jazakallah Prophet Abdullah for that. Great comment. Um, again, Jazakallah to everyone for tuning in today's circle. Uh, inshallah, the Friday circle continues next week, but at an earlier time of 7.30, uh, inshallah, and this will be online. Next week's circle is a special youth uh, event titled What's Your Legacy? The, uh, I'm sure everyone can see uh, the flyer for it. Uh, we will have two talks. Uh, talk one is uh, Muslim youth and talk two is the hidden attack. So please keep a look at for the flyer on our social media pages and uh, join us next week and invite others also to, um, to, to, to join in, inshallah. Um, I ask from all of you to keep us all in your du'as, to keep the Ummah of Muhammad in your du'as, to make du'a, the oppression that we as an Ummah are under is lifted with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we are blessed with the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this earth in the form of the Islamic Khilafah. I also want to thank Brother Abdullah for the great discussion, and to all of you guys for tuning in and taking part. Uh, again, apologies for the uh, technical glitch. We will end with the same uh, video that was played at the start, uh, of the uh, of the circle. Inshallah, see you all next week. Jazakallah khair, everyone. Akuli kauli haza. Astaghfirullah alazim. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.